do you find yourself looking at really successful people and thinking to yourself that you've done all of the mindset work? You follow the best coaches on their podcasts, their Instagram, you consume all of this information. Yet, unlike these people who seem to have it so easy that success comes so naturally, you're still banging your head against the wall. You feel like there's some invisible net that you can't seem to break through. Well, then I want you to stay tuned for this episode of the Design Your Destiny podcast, because I'm going to teach you the fastest way to incorporate that mindset into your subconscious so that you can realize results even faster. You have come to the place where you can learn to harness the power of intention to create subconscious beliefs that serve you and to gain insights that allow you to create a life personally and professionally that you desire. This is the place where you leverage your subconscious mind and design your destiny. Join me now, your host, Penny Chason. Hey, hey, it is Penny here, and I am ready to talk to you today about the one thing that really and truly lights me up. And that thing is hypnosis. And I shouldn't call it a thing. It's a skill. It's a tool. It is an ability that we are all born with. That's right. It's an ability that we are all born with. Hypnosis is something that dates all the way back to the Greek sleep temples, where people would go into trance to rest, to rejuvenate. And through the ages, hypnosis has been looked at through many different lenses, and there are a lot of different opinions about hypnosis. And that is not what this episode is about. What this episode is about is engaging in a state of mind that occurs within the brain that allows you to more easily create the beliefs that you desire in your mindset so that you can create the life that you want. Hypnosis has many, many definitions. And that's because, most simply put, people can't agree on a quote-unquote correct definition When people experience hypnosis, when they're scanned in functional MRI machines, there are certain areas of the brain that become more active, and they know which areas of the brain become more active because they are looking at the blood flow associated with those areas of the brain. They have also done studies where they use what is called EEG. Most commonly people think of EEG when someone they know has to have one because they've had a seizure or they have a sleep study done. They monitor EEG to look for the brainwave states that are either associated with seizures, if that's the issue, or with deep sleep. Hypnosis is associated with a couple of those brainwave states. Now, we go in and out of some of those brainwave states naturally as we fall to sleep and as we're waking up in the morning. 
Also, if we're doing something like mindlessly scrolling Facebook, if we are looking at something out the window and then we kind of space out, if we are driving down the highway and all of a sudden we notice that, oh my goodness, I don't remember passing the intersection at Maple Street and I know I've passed it because I've arrived to my destination. Like, what was going on when that happened? So what was going on when that happened was that your conscious analytical mind was not engaged. And in that moment, when the conscious analytical mind was not engaged, we can become more receptive to suggestion. When I first trained to be a hypnotist, I would make sure to tell my clients to be very careful about how they talked to themselves from the time they woke up in the morning. Because if you started your day out on a bad note, quote unquote, you get out on the wrong side of the bed, right? We've all heard that. If you start that negative thinking early, you are telling the brain that you are anticipating a bad day. Your brain knows what you've told it before a bad day is. It knows when you feel unpleasant, when you feel not good. So the brain begins to filter based on the anticipation that we're going to have a bad day. And it knows that when we have a bad day, we're grumpy and we're always looking for the other shoe to drop, right? So when you start out your day this way and then you get into your car and you're driving in your car down the street, down the highway, whatever it is that you may be doing, you've had these thoughts in your mind. And then as you start driving, if you're thinking in your mind, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be five minutes late. I've got a presentation, you know, oh gosh, John never listens to me because I'm a woman and, you know... This presentation I have today, I know it's something that can really, you know, make a difference in our department or in the business. And I just really don't want to have to listen to him say that, you know, maybe next time. And you start to say these things to yourself and then you start driving. And as you're driving, your subconscious mind, these neural pathways are activated subconsciously. And as you're driving, you begin to go into a light trance state. And these thoughts have been churning in your mind. And now you're more suggestible. And basically, as you worry, or you have this negative self-talk going in this light trance state, you are programming your mind for negativity. You are programming your mind to look for the negative. Last year, I had a book that was published, Breaking the Fibro Code, number one international bestseller about fibromyalgia. And one of the things that is common in a lot of people experiencing chronic pain is their family members will say things to them like, 
Oh, geez, you were never this negative. You used to be so happy. I don't understand. Well, we all know that pain hurts. And when we experience pain, sometimes we feel like people around us need to understand. Like it becomes something that, you know, when it's something that you can't see, but it's physically impacting your life, people sometimes, depending on their perspective in life, It's important to them that people understand that they're not faking. And it doesn't come from a place of victimhood. Victimhood is a completely other issue. I'm going to circle back around here in just a moment and get to my point about how we reprogram. But what begins to happen is over time, these conversations, these comments become habit. And then as someone goes through their day, and they're having these thoughts, this becomes a neural pathway that's created, that it becomes part of our automatic thinking. And this is how very subtly, very insidiously, without people realizing that once they were very positive and optimistic, now they've gotten into this rut of this path, and they can't get out of it. And then when people approach them about it, they become very defensive and it becomes difficult to communicate from both perspectives. So what will begin to happen is that over time, someone will continue to talk about how they feel, talk about how their circumstances in life has changed because of this pain. And the more that they repeat the story, without them even realizing it, it becomes a part of their identity. So we have to be very careful about how we talk to ourselves because without even realizing it, we can begin to take on an identity that doesn't serve us. It doesn't change our circumstances. It doesn't change the challenges that we're dealing with in life or in business or in our profession But what it does is it colors the way we receive the information around it. So, yes, I would tell my clients when they're driving in the morning to pay very close attention to how they talk to themselves. Because if you're talking to yourself about worry, about negativity, about what you don't want in life, you're programming yourself negatively. It is a negative form of self-hypnosis. So the goal of self-hypnosis is to take this phenomenon, this brainwave state, this ability that we have to be more suggestible and to use it positively. You see, most of the actions that we take, well, actually all of the actions that we take are based on subconscious beliefs. A lot of beliefs we don't even realize we have because they were formed before the age of seven. And for most people, these beliefs are completely supportive and positive. But as we grow through life, as we have experiences, we add information to those beliefs. And what we do is when we go through life, we interpret situations based on beliefs of whether they make us feel safe and secure, or we are fearful. And it's these interpretations 
that create our perspective on life. So if in the past you had gone out, say you were in high school and you tried out for the high school cheer team, you prepared, you worked so hard, and you know, this was your first time really putting yourself out in front of a lot of people. And you try out, and I don't know how things were at your age. I mean, I'm almost 50. So back in the days when I was in junior high school, if you tried out for cheerleader, you practiced, they would see if you kind of, you know, met the minimum requirements to try out for the team. And then what you would do is you represented your grade. So you would go in front of your grade and you would cheer and then your grade would vote for you. Well, I'm going to be honest with you in eighth grade, I tried out in front of a class of 178 people and I got two votes. Fortunately, I didn't let that color my life. It was just a thing that I did. I I did it never expecting to make the team. But if you were someone that this is what you really wanted, you had built up, say that you had a lot of friends, yeah, yeah, I'll vote for you, I'll vote for you, I'll vote for you. And then you go and you try out and you only got two votes, but you got 25 friends, then that is going to influence your belief about yourself to some degree. You're going to interpret that in whatever way that your circumstances cause you to interpret it. And then later in life, maybe you're ready to start a business and you've done all the research and everything's going well, but now you actually have to get into the public with it. You're all ready to go and now you have to tell people about it and you have yourself thinking, well, maybe this business isn't such a good idea. Well, maybe it is a good idea. This is what I really want, but I don't know what are people going to say. That's because you had an experience that influenced your subconscious because there was emotion tied to it. This is where self-hypnosis becomes the fastest and the best way to overcome this issue. Now, I want to tell you a few key things about hypnosis. Number one, it's not sleep. Two, it's simply a focused state of attention where your subconscious mind becomes more suggestible. Three, you can take yourself into and out of self-hypnosis anytime that you like. You actually go into it all the time. Again, you pass through that brainwave state just as you're falling asleep, just as you're waking up, and also when you're doing rote tasks like driving or scrolling Facebook. So be very careful if you're a social media person, what you're looking at on social media, because you're influencing your subconscious. So that's the first thing about hypnosis. It is completely safe. The other thing is with self-hypnosis, you want to pick one thing. You want to pick one thing And you want to use self-hypnosis over and over and over on that one thing until you notice the change coming about naturally in your life. Your subconscious mind is very capable of change. But if you give it too many options, it will choose to do nothing. Because your brain is wired to survive or thrive. 
And anytime we create new beliefs, we create insight, we make a deep shift in perspective, our brain has to do a bit of rewiring. It's got some work to do to incorporate this new belief into a way that we think. So with self-hypnosis, the KISS principle, keep it simple, smarty pants, we're going to say, keep it simple. So for instance, if you want to program yourself that you are confident of your ability to be successful in this business, then when you go into self-hypnosis, that is your intention. You see yourself. Some people have a difficult time visualizing, so fantasize, pretend, imagine what it would look like, what it would feel like, the things you may hear people say, the things that you may hear yourself say as you open up the successful business. Going into hypnosis is not that difficult. There are lots of apps that you can download for free that one of the easiest one is on hypnosis downloads. There's an app. It is uh, one, two, three hypnosis. And basically it's how to very quickly take yourself into hypnosis. You could simply do this by listening to theta tones and doing some deep breathing for one or two minutes and focusing on the feeling of the breath as you breathe in for a count of seven and you exhale for a count of 11. Make sure you're in a safe place where you can close your eyes. You cannot be driving, watching children, babysitting, none of those things. You need to be responsible for only you when you do self-hypnosis. Listen to some music with theta tones. Breathe in for a count of seven. Exhale for a count of 11. Feel the breath as it goes in through your nose. Your lungs expand and out through your mouth. Do this for two or three minutes and then literally allow yourself to have the fantasy as you say to yourself, I am confident in my ability to have a successful business. I have a wildly successful business and then fantasize what that looks like. Associate with all of the positive feelings that go with that because those emotions, that positive feeling is what designates the importance of what you are imagining into the subconscious mind. And do this for just three or four minutes. So two minutes to get into hypnosis, 60 seconds to a minute and a half of imagining, pretending, fantasizing, visualizing as many senses as you can, along with the emotion of being completely successful at what it is that you're doing, do that three times a day. If you can do it four times a day, do it four times a day. And then in between the hypnosis, pay attention to how you're talking to yourself. If you find yourself getting negative, we have to eliminate that. And that's another episode because I could talk for hours about this stuff, and it's about time to wrap this episode up. 
But self-hypnosis is the fastest way to reprogram your mind because your conscious mind is not sitting there going, yeah, but, yeah, but, well, that's nice, but you can't do that. So I encourage you to seek out self-hypnosis and to allow yourself to just use that positive visualization because Albert Einstein found creative daydreaming, hypnosis, to be one of the most powerful tools that he had when he was solving problems, creating his theories, doing the things that Einstein did. And if you listen carefully and you pay attention, there are a lot of mega successful people right now that they will casually or briefly mention that hypnosis is a tool that they use regularly to achieve the success that they have. So I encourage you to check it out. Engage in a little self-hypnosis and uh, begin to rewire yourself for success. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in today. I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review about how this episode has helped you to improve your life. When you leave a positive review, it helps us to reach even more people, helping them to change their lives. And that positive energy and vibration of sharing comes back to you as we spread the message of how you can use the power of intention, creating stronger subconscious beliefs, and raising our vibration to create the life that we desire the one that we're here to truly live so that we can fulfill our purpose in life. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.